You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Shank, we are definitely going to have to do an episode later in the season on frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. That's coming. It, we've, we've got to. And I got some, I picked up some new shrapnel last night. Um, I don't think we'll use it. We can just go ahead and kill it right now. I was at a meeting and um, somebody spoke up and said that this meeting was the emergency room and that people are bleeding out in the emergency room. <laughs> I was like, oh, she was all dramatic about it. And I well, was like, what, what in the world is she talking about? It just cracked me up. And then everybody was talking about how grateful they were to be there and how, how it was such a privilege to be there, which yeah, might be true. I mean, what we do is serious, but it was just awful dramatic and frothy is a good word. On the front lines of alcoholism, Wayne. So, yeah, so I'm thinking I'm going to start carrying a first, a real first aid kit with me and maybe like a defibrillator or something. Is <laughs> with me. I <laughs> hope you do. Yeah, when I start doing that since we're in the emergency room. All right. Hey, we've got a uh, welcome to Alcoholics Live. Shank and Wayne here. Glad to have everyone. We've got a, our guest today comes from, uh, I think he's in Pennsylvania. Um, That's right. Yep. So uh, his name's Chad. Actually, some people call him White Chip Chad. I don't know if we're going to, a little long for me, but <laughs> White Chip Chad might be a good name for you. Chad, how are you? Oh, fantastic. Shank and Wayne, how you guys doing? Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, the uh, White yourself. Chip Chad, I don't really, yeah, sorry about that. White Chip Chad, I don't, I don't really know where that came from, but hopefully it sticks and, uh, um, my name's Chad. Um, I'm an alcoholic, and I uh, have a sobriety birth date of September 20th, 2020. Um, I got sober in a place called Fayetteville, North Carolina. You guys might be familiar with, um, but I do currently hail from uh, Burnham, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I mean, my drinking career pretty much summarized by by Bill's story, for those of you familiar with the book, but my drinking led me to a place where consequence couldn't make me stop drinking. Um, I drank away a family, kids, a wife, um, almost drank away a career. And it, it got me to a point where, you know, I didn't really want to be on this earth anymore. Um, so I, I loaded a gun and thought I was going to end it all and uh, kind of had a spiritual experience right there in that moment. And since then, you know, it, it, I haven't had a drink. And, and that's only because of Alcoholics Anonymous and I'd had some failed attempts before that, uh, of trying to stick around these rooms. And it was very much, um, I would do the bare minimum and definitely never read the book and nor take suggestions from anybody who had any amount of sobriety and just kind of do, do enough to make my sponsor not fire me. Um, and, and so, you know, with that part of the book where it talks about, if you think you can drink like a normal person, go to the nearest bar room, drink one or two, two or three, do that more than once. I tried that and, did all the research and development I could over about a five year period and just couldn't figure it out. So I figured you guys might have something I might want to try. Um, and since then, you know, it's just been, 
with getting a sponsor, staying in the book. Um, as soon as I was able to, I started helping other men in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and was a solid member of a home or a member of a solid home group. And I uh, just had a service position there. And, you know, I, I was taught very early on by my sponsor to always say yes when AA asks and kind of my higher power will figure out the rest of, of the time of, of whatever I think I'm giving up. Um, so I've always kind of kept that attitude and, um, that makes the hustle and bustle everyday life just kind of pass by and, and makes me feel like a, like I'm some, a part of a part of something bigger. So that's about it. So you're, you're called white chip Chad because you picked up several is what I've gathered. Yeah. I mean, there was a time in my, my last drinking bout where, um, I remember I was cleaning my house, deep cleaning my house. And I found like a whole, you, a whole um, drawer for were you toweling your bathroom with the white chips? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I, I could have had probably half my floor done in white chips. So this time oh I didn't pick goodness. one up. I just I just stayed around the rooms and got a sponsor and read the book. Oh my gosh! You should put a you should drill holes in all those chips and make like a necklace or a, you know like those NA guys do. Let it run down your leg like those key tags. <laughs> it'd be a trail 20 meters behind me so mm-hmm. oh Love that's it. funny yeah well chad it's good to have you shank shank what's our uh what's our topic our topic today is a newcomer asks so uh if you haven't noticed or if we haven't said i'm not sure that we have we have been kind of modeling episodes after pamphlets this season so there is a pamphlet called A Newcomer Asks, and the introductory paragraph states this leaflet, so I'm already corrected, this is not a pamphlet, this is a leaflet. The leaflet. Is intended for people approaching Alcoholics Anonymous for the first time. In it, we have tried to answer the questions most frequently in the minds of newcomers, the questions which were in our minds when we first approached the fellowship. So this is a pretty good Pretty good pamphlet, leaflet. Leaflet, get it straight. Pretty good leaflet. Um, You know, there's a whole chapter in the book called Working with Others, which I guess could be the other side of a newcomer asks for, you know, people who have been around or been through the 12 steps maybe, and they're going to help someone else. You mean you wouldn't advise the Living Sober book? You know. (laughs) Hey, I, I... I was given living, living sober. It was sent to me um, while I was incarcerated and I just didn't find it that helpful. I should probably revisit it. Yeah. It's got some stuff, some good stuff in there about being good to yourself. And yeah, I just remember it was things that I was not able to do. So. Oh, that's right. Cause you were incarcerated. Legally. Yeah. yeah. You, you're not able to do a lot of that stuff. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, what's the uh, <laughs> what's the leaflet say? What's the first question in the leaflet? Okay, the first question is, "Am I an alcoholic?" So I think that this Ooh. is probably a great question for someone who lands in AA. It is a good question. How would you answer that, White Chip Chad? Yeah, I mean. I remember very early on, my sponsors asked me the first time we met if I thought I was an alcoholic. and I'd said yes. And I guess having that exposure to the book helps. But I, 
I'm pretty sure the first day we sat down, he pointed me to page 44, where it basically said, if he paraphrased, but if I don't have fun when I'm trying to control it and I can't control it when I try, I probably belong in the seat. Um, and, and that was very true for me. Um, so he said, I might want to start reading a book and trying to see where I can be of service to people. And, and to you guys' point on the Living Sober uh, book, he that guy told me very early on too, that it belonged up on the bookshelf with my uh, 12 and 12 to collect dust. And that that's was probably the best spot for it. So I haven't read that one either. Oh, but yeah. For me, it, it was more about that. Yeah, I'm sure. For me, it was more of, yeah, I watched everyone around me go to like, being in the military where everyone, every event surrounded by drinking. Um, and everyone else seemed to be able to, control it or handle it or call a D call a DD or call a cab or Uber um, where I, I couldn't. So of course that kind of made me realize that I may not drink like other people. Um, and when I was honest with myself, I could say that that was always true. Anytime I picked up. So I'm definitely an alcoholic. One thing that the leaflet says only you can decide no one in AA will tell you whether you are or not which is just quite interesting to me. Well, it is interesting because we, we tend to try to convince people they're alcoholic nowadays, especially in groups and meetings and at the literature table. Um, but the book's pretty clear that we don't push pride or try to convince people that if they, if they don't think they're alcoholic or if they're not ready, we encourage them to, to find out on their own. It sounds that like that's what's, yeah, someone did that for you, Chad, is what it sounds like. Yeah, that was my experience every time I entered the rooms was no one tried to tell me what I was or wasn't. And they just said, hey, this is how we drink. And if you drink like this, you might want to be here. But everybody outside the rooms was telling me, you're a drunk, you need to do this or do that and tell me all these things that were going to fix it and they couldn't relate to me but they they surely had a, had a way out and I had hands laid on me and people speaking tongues and all those different things um and it just didn't work because they were they were telling me what to do and that didn't pan out well that's that frothy emotional appeal right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anybody wash try to wash your feet I didn't I didn't run into that down there in North Carolina, but um, <laughs> I was a, probably would have said a, yes to try it. I tried to get sober in that one of those churches. That's what they they did feet washing. It was a, it was an act of humility. It damn sure nice. didn't keep me sober though. I wore some feet. <laughs> oh man! Did you drink with your feet still wet? Or absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the next question is, what can I what can I do if I am worried about my drinking? It's interesting. My my experience with that is, that, I mean, I can I can tell you a lot of things not to do, and um, the best thing I tell newcomers now when I run into them because I can st- I obviously consider myself pretty new um, is to just take the suggestion of people who have walked in those shoes. Um, if you think you got a problem hear those people out and maybe take some of their suggestions. And I mean, it might be too early for this cause it's a little bit down the line, but I mean, step one would probably be getting into the program of Alcoholics Anonymous being the big book. Um, so without that, 
you know, you, your kind of chances are futile. Um, and obviously talking to, to people in the fellowship that you can relate to, um, they don't have to have everything in common with you, but just to be able to dap somebody up and give them a hug, um, and feel that love is, is very important. Um, in the beginning, because I was pushed away from everybody outside of the rooms. I, I mean, my actions warranted that, but, um, this was the first place I ever felt like I was being lifted up in that and not being scolded and told what to do. Um, so the meetings are absolutely helpful for that and just feeling a part of something. Yeah. I think the book talks about reading it. It also maybe references the stories in the back that we should maybe read those stories and find something we can identify with. Now, question number three, Shank, is very interesting to me. What is Alcoholics Anonymous? A book. It's a book. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's not what the leaflet says, per se. Um. It says we're a fellowship of men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking and have found ourselves in various kinds of trouble as it relates to drinking. Um, We attempt, most of us, successfully to create a satisfying way of life without alcohol. For this, we find the need and help the support of other alcoholics in AA. Hmm. Here's one for you. Chad, ponder this as I read it. It says, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. The title of the book is Alcoholics Anonymous. Whoa. (laughs) Sounds like a pretty darn good first promise. Um, yeah. And, and I remember when I first came in, people were saying that I'm a recovered alcoholic, grateful, happy, joyous, free, grateful, recovered alcoholic. And I was like, what are they talking about? But at those times I had never read the prefaces or any of the, any of the forewords to the other editions. And I, I, I might misquote here. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think in the second edition, it says strenuous work, one alcoholic to another is vital to permanent recovery. Um, and I'd always missed that. Um, so to, to Shank's point, like the program's the book. Um, and I know that's not what the leaflet says, but you know, my experience is that's exactly what it is. And all the answers and suggestions and instructions or whatever you want to call it, they're all in there. And, and, or in the personal stories, that's something I can relate to. Yeah. Maybe we can, um, the general service conference is meeting this week, Shank. Maybe we can, text in a floor action or zoom in a floor action and get them to read, to re uh, <laughs> answer that question differently in the leaflet. Well, it'll be rewritten in a, in a way we don't like, Probably. you know, the thing is for me personally, <laughs> I wasn't always able to go to an AA meeting and admittedly that was on me. That was the consequences of my own actions um, that led me to be somewhere that may not have an AA meeting every week. 
so all I had was the book. And I know I have said this like ad nauseum on this podcast, but it really had all the answers for me in there. When I was working with others, when I was trying to help other women through the steps of newcomers, people that were coming back. I would just always go to that chapter in the book because I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to help people? I don't feel qualified to do this. So I would go back and read through it. And the majority of the time today, I remember to do that as well. It's like, go back, see what it says. How am I supposed to help people? I'm not supposed to tell them they're alcoholic. I'm not supposed to diagnose them, uh, beg them to be here, say, well, you may not think you're an alcoholic, but you are. For whatever reason, which yeah. was hard for me early on, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the chapter working with others is very, it's very specific and very simple. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of frothy emotional appeal in there or a, a lot of you know goofy directions and no one-liners or slogans to tell people. Well, and the thing is, too, I don't feel the need to, like, explain Alcoholics Anonymous in such depth as I think I used to. I have family members that should probably be in Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, which is my opinion. However, you know, like one family member went to those AA classes at the community center. Yep. And I just did not feel the need to be like, well, actually, that's not what AA is, you know. Um, She shocked me and said she got a sponsor. And I just did not have to question any of it or be like, well, you're doing it wrong. You should be doing this. How many meetings are you going to? What are you talking about to your sponsor? I didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. And quite frankly, um, you know, she did that for a month and then has never mentioned it again and acts like she doesn't know that I'm in AA. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Turn a blind eye. So it's fine. Yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous is the book, Chad. Yeah. I mean, again, with to reiterate that, I'm in an area now where you could ask probably 50 different people from the seven different home groups we have here and you'd get 50 different answers. Um, and I feel very fortunate to have been exposed to a, a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous that is book centric and three legacy groups. And, you know, I, you'll have guys that have been sober a long time and I'm not judging them at all, but it's just like, I never even heard that, but I'll quote the book at some meeting or something, not just, speaking the solution right and they're like i've never heard that and i'm like if you if you just have a simple doctrine i'm a simple guy right like if everybody's reading this like they were back in the early 30s then we all are under the same understanding and you don't get it all churched up with you got to go to meetings and you have to have this much time before you work a step or before you pick a sponsor and your sponsor has to have the things you like and it just gets watered down when it's it's all pretty easy and simple in the book Well, I think it's important, too, because if I think that AA is a meeting, then as soon as something happens at that meeting that I don't like or someone shares something that I don't like, then I'm just going to I could write AA off. And thank God that hasn't been my experience. I know a lot of people that it has been. They've been really turned off by something that happens or doesn't happen at an AA meeting and either don't end up coming back. Maybe they find something else that works better for them. You know, that happens also. But 
remembering that, hey, it's this book. It's not the people that are in the rooms. It's not the meeting. My home group is not the only best home group in the world or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it is the book. I think that's some shrapnel right there. My, I, I, my group is the best group in the world or something like that. You, you mm-hmm. know that. How would you know you, you, I mean, who's been to all the meetings in the world? I mean, <laughs> listen, I love my home group. I genuinely oh, do. And oh, the groups too. that I've been a part of have yeah. been great, but there are days when I'm just like, man, everyone at this group is really testing my patience and nerves and everything else too. Yeah. Yeah. And to that fun. point, I, I feel lucky being stuck up here. At a, in the middle of nowhere because I can set up the chairs however I want. I can do whatever I want to the format. There's business meetings are easy, you know, and that it it's to that point of what is Alcoholics Anonymous. That stuff's all great and protects the newcomer, but at the end of the day, we all have the same simple solution. Yeah. Hey, for those listening, we've got a great episode. Episode one of season one: What is and is not. Mm-hmm. Take a listen <laughs> yeah. to it if you haven't if you haven't listened to it. It's it's. Well, that was the first reason why a lot of some people quit listening. The- <laughs> <laughs> Weed them out. Weed them out. Oh, man. Lighten up, folks. Good Lord. All right. Shank, what questions are we on? We want to group a couple of these together? or Yeah, so the next yep. few questions, um, if I go to an AA meeting, does that commit me to anything? Uh, what happens if I meet people I know? And what happens at an AA meeting? Mm-hmm. So I think those kind of go hand in hand a little bit. What you got, Chad? Yeah, um, I was waiting for that next question. I I think I got a pretty good story of my experience early on. Um, I think it was, I just joined a home group. I was probably out of rehab for a week. I had a sponsor and he, he told me I was a step zero getting a truck. We went out to a, uh, a workshop on traditions and uh, I, now I'm on the fence, right? I get every newcomer I get to, they say, is this a cult? I'm like, no, it's not. And I usually share this experience with them. Um, but, I, you know, I hadn't had a real relationship with my higher power yet, right? I hadn't worked the steps, so nothing's complete. And uh, we did that workshop all day. And then we went to the gravesite of Clarence Snyder. And I was a little shaky in my own head. And uh, the guy that organized the workshop gathered everybody around in a circle and asked the guy that put the workshop on. I'll keep him anonymous for now and said, Hey, you want to say the serenity prayer over Clarence's grave site? And I was like, Oh man, we're going to have a seance right here. And the guy that did the workshop said, absolutely not. And I thought, thank God. I'm <laughs> looking real culty at this point. Um, and I got back uh, in the car with my sponsor and I even asked him, I said, Hey, you know, have you ever done something like that before? He told me very plainly, Chad, I've been serving a little while. And I've never done anything like that before. And I hope I never have to again. Um, so to that point, right? Like it doesn't commit me to anything. I don't have to be a part of that. I could have walked away at any point I wanted. I, I, and I didn't feel forced into that. Um, and to those other points, right? Like I, I always saw people I knew cause it, it's a lot of military people in AA around the, that area. And, and there's all sorts of different things that happen at those meetings. And to Susie's point earlier, if there's something I don't like, I don't have to agree with, but that doesn't, that's not the whole fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. So you gotta, you gotta just stay in the solution and, and hold on to what you, what you do enjoy and, and what you can relate to and 
compare yourself into the rooms, not out of. That's been my experience with those group questions. I will say, though, White Chip, uh, there are some people that are in the cult of AA. People hate it when I say that, but there are people who are in the cult of AA. I'm just not one of them. No doubt. Mm-hmm. That that you're not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your inventory for you. I'll agree with that, too. I'll support that. Oh, and I don't, I don't blame you, but yeah. Hey, the, re- the, the, the reality is on that one question, what happens at an AA meeting? Anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, and one thing that I know, there was a brief period of my sobriety that I did. Um, if I go to an AA meeting, does that commit me to anything not how I've seen it done a lot, but there would be people who would show up and I would give them a book. And then I'd be like, Oh, do you know what a home group is? Here's what a home group is. Do you want this to be your home group? You can sign up in the folder. And instead of just explaining it and saying, Hey, go to meetings, make a decision, call me anytime. It would be kind of like, I don't want to say like pressuring someone, but just like, Hey, this option is here. But I do see a lot of times like people get committed to being on home group lists and email lists and other people will go to bat for them to be like, don't take them off the list. And it's just like so bizarre to me. It doesn't commit you to anything. Who cares if you're on an email list or not? Um, You shouldn't be committed to an AA group just because you showed up there one time. Yeah. Well. I'm quick to take people off the list, as you know. So, yeah. (laughs) But you know what? There's a lot of good things that happen in AA meetings. People find solutions and healing and peace and love and freedom. And then there's other other places where you can go and they're talking about, you know, shearing sheep and uh, (laughs) working on cars or... You know, they might be, people might be there looking for dates or hookups or jobs, attorneys, money. I mean, a place to stay. Every, everything that goes on in society goes on at an AA meeting and an AA group. That's right. Yeah. yeah. There are so many. I mean, I have met the majority of my closest friends. Um, I'm not super close with like, my family. And so a lot of these people, you know, I rely on them um, just in my life, but that's not what AA is for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't show up to AA saying, well, I'm just going to meet friends and, you know, go to the dance and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm there for a primary purpose. And then all this other stuff have, has happened because I worked the principles in my life. Yeah. You didn't get sober just to hang out with Clubhouse Joe at the Alcathon. I thought that's. I did not. No, no, I didn't even go to an Alcathon until I was like two or three years sober. So we Mm -hmm. love Clubhouse Joe, though. We do. Yeah, and Junkie James, he's he's new on the scene. (laughs) Just transferred from another fellowship. yeah. Yeah. In most groups, though, most people are are well intended and are trying to be helpful. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, oh, here's a good question for you. Why do AAs keep on going to meetings after they are cured? 
If only. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people don't continue to go to AA meetings once Good they point, think Jack. they're cured. Like, that's kind of the thing here. Uh, I don't know. It's been my experience that people that really believe they have a hold of this thing stop coming and end up back in an AA meeting. Yeah. Chad, you cured? I would, I would say I'm cured just for today. Yeah. There's some meeting yeah. travel for you. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I remember early on, like, I didn't like going to meetings every day. And I don't think my sponsor told me I had to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. But it just kind of worked out that way. And it wasn't really a goal or anything. But I would go to a lot at the beginning. Um, and at some point early on, right, it changed where I didn't just go because I was miserable and trying to not drink and I, I mean I enjoyed it I enjoyed going up an hour and a half to Holly Springs every Thursday right it, because I wanted to and I like to Susie's point again I enjoyed being around those people and they they were fun to be around some of my closest friends are still down there and would talk all the time and those are relationships that you build that will last a lifetime um so really I guess you keep coming back for the fellowship but obviously that's where the newcomers are so if if I'm going to apply the, the spirit principle of 12 step and continue to carry this message and practice principles in all my affairs, I got to keep going to meetings. Um, that's what the book tells me. Uh, Cause that's newcomers aren't just only in the hospitals or coming out of rehabs, right? And you can't be at every rehab all the time. Um, so that's my, probably my best shot at finding a new guy to help take through the book. If you even somewhat believe what the literature says and the, the purpose of the steps, then, if you've if you've recovered and have gotten better through the steps and through the fellowship, then it's very selfish and self-centered to not continue to participate, to be there for somebody that you can help. Um, so, and it's funny, Doctor Bob and Bill Dotson both use the term "cured." If you read in those in their stories, they both use that word. I guess a lot of the early members used it. Um, well I mean there's someone that I know really well um, and when he moved to town from another town he always introduces himself as a grateful recovered alcoholic and I thought that was so stupid (laughs) it is but like thank god I didn't uh, say anything to him about I was just like oh that's just something that they do in the area where he got sober and it is um, but I could have really ruined that relationship from the beginning, I think, had I been like, wow, so you think you're better than everyone else? Um, <laughs> I have said that to him just in other ways, you know, not about the way he introduces himself in an AA meeting. Hmm. Here's <laughs> we probably we probably write off people too quickly sometimes just by certain comments that they say. Oh, for sure. Or disregard them. I know I have. Well, when I went to... Tenth step for you. The area where he got sober and I gave a talk and I did not say, like, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Probably 50 people came up to me after and they're like, why didn't you say that you're a recovered alcoholic? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Here's one. Here we go. How do do I join AA? (laughs) And how much does AA membership cost? 
I think that depends on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So how do we join AA? You're a member if you say so. Okay. Only when you say you are. Um, yeah, I mean, depends on where you go and whether you ran into me in early sobriety when I first started sponsoring guys. Because I just kind of capture them and tell them, you remember this home group and you're going to come meet with me before the meeting. For now, we're going to read the book. Um, hopefully, I planted some seeds, but it cost them that much and some of the time. But, I mean, it, it costs, you know, you can go back and forth with that. It costs nothing monetarily if, if you don't have it. No one's going to ask you for it. But it costs everything if you're not willing to be a part of and, and put forth some effort to humble yourself and figure out a spiritual solution that, that's in a relationship with a higher power. So, so in my opinion, I mean, it, it cost almost cost my life not staying in. Um, and I just joined by showing up to a home group and asking God and asking my, my sponsorship and those about me what to, what to do next with the next right step. One of the best things about AA for me was that I didn't really have to do anything to join. Yep. I really didn't have to do anything. I just asked for rides. People would come and pick me up and they're like, oh, is this your home group? And I asked, like, what does that mean? And then I'm like, well, yeah. And that was it. Yep. I didn't have to sign up. I didn't have to, you know, give this big explanation. I didn't have to talk to anyone specific. I didn't. I was just that was it. And that was good for someone like me because I was so ashamed of everything I had done, who I was at that point, what was going to happen as a result of everything I had done uh, that I probably, I don't know. I probably would have just continued to show up and not been a member, I guess. Yeah. It is one of the greatest things though, that you know, you don't have to fill out any paperwork or give a credit card number or insurance <laughs> number or, um, it's yeah makes it pretty simple yeah oh I, I think that would add a question here how do we leave aa well you know <laughs> now i do i guess you know uh i understand why some people renounce their membership in aa yep oh i know several people that i know one guy that i know more than one person that is but this one guy that left aa and he rode around and gave his books away. And he had like wow. specific people that he wanted to give his big book to, his 12 and 12. He had one of those 24 hour a day books. Nice. And, uh, I've, I've had people show up and turn in all their chips because they were, they were leaving. <laughs> but you know what the amazing thing about Alcoholics <laughs> Anonymous is? You can do all of that and still come back the next day. That's exactly right. It's awesome. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean, it doesn't matter what poor behavior I've displayed in Alcoholics Anonymous. No one can kick me out. Like, sorry, guys, I'm still yep. here. Yep. That's right. Yeah, I saw a guy retire at a meeting one time after they get the end with it, where they gave one of those any burning desires. He like Brett Farved and came back like a week <laughs> later. But that. And that's, that's why I love the fellowship, right? It's like we, he came back after retiring we received him with open arms. Um, and that's what we're supposed yep. to do. So, and he was humble enough to, to do that. So good for him. That's awesome. Hmm. All right. What about those uh, next two, Shane? Okay. Is AA a religious organization? 
And there's a lot of talk about God, though, isn't there? What do you think, White Chip? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I guess it kind of depends on which meetings you go to. Um, obviously, I stick by the tradition that we aren't a religious organization and we're not affiliated. And I always get that question here is like, why? Are, well, if we're not, why are they all in church basements? It's like, well, in the grand scheme of the world, the church is trying to help people. So if you, if you don't have a whole ton of money, you're trying to be self-supporting. That's kind of where you end up. Um, but you're going to hear talk about God. But I've, I've heard just as much talk about a Christian God and Buddha and the fence that's the doorknob that, you know, and, and it, it doesn't have to be that I agree with that. And I, that's not my higher power, right? The, the doorknob is not. And I was told early on it, Hey, you just come up with your own concept and that's a start. Um, but obviously later in the steps, it says you have to develop this relationship with God of your understanding. And to me, that that's pretty apparent which way that goes, but, I can just kind of listen to those people and they still have good things to say. Um, and they'll bring that stuff in there, but you, you can't cut people off. Like we were talking earlier and just judge them based off of those comments. And that, you know, they may have something I can learn from. So I try and just take with a grain of salt and humble myself to the point that I know that I don't know everything and I don't know all there is to know about a higher power or God. Um, but of course you'll see references to religious things in our own scripture or in our own literature. Um, and that, that great pamphlet, Members I have U of AA. So I, I kind of lean toward it's not a religious organization, but we, you know, we are all trying to be spiritual um, and develop that relationship with the God of our understanding. Well, there's a lot of talk think, about Wayne? there's a lot of talk about God because it uses the, the word God in the steps. Yeah. And if the steps are AA, then I mean obviously we're gonna talk about God and I've never, I've, I've never thought today was religious or, I mean, even as a new person coming here, I never had that experience. I think it's probably because I had some good people that explained to me that we are spiritual. We're not religious and that you can really believe what you want to believe. And I think that in the big book where it talks about, the term God that, you know, that you can use your own conception that they meant that then. And AA means it today. It, 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 it's, it's not, it's, that's not a new concept, but they're not trying to trick people. I don't think. I mean, well, there's a whole chapter. We agnostics. Yeah. You know, once again, divinely inspired, premeditated, looking at, you know, other fellowships, you know, right before AA and during that time of that did not work. You know, I mean, all of the information is in the book. It does not have to be religious. And once again, I do think that some people um, treat it as if it is a religion, but that's not the majority. Yeah. We can, and we like, can that's probably, their prerogative. Yeah, that's right. We can probably look religious to some. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, I think because I had experience that, with a couple of different religious organizations growing up, one that was is actually a cult. And then, you know, one that in the South is very widely known. AA is nothing like either one of those yeah. in my experience. Yeah. That's that's why it's important for us as members to. To help people know what AA is and what it's not and 
to to help them on their, you know, when they get here to understand what we are and to try to guide people in the right way. The microphone fell off there. <laughs> so if yeah, you're listening, I we're not that. religious. Oh. Uh, I've been struggling with that since moving back home is I work for a Christian organization. Um, so when people see me in the rooms, it's a small enough town. They all know. And they meet me and think I'm immediately going to push some, some agenda. Um, and I have to explain to them, look, I'm in a name meeting. This book here is, is what I'm going to talk to you about and the solutions in here. And you can come up with that, that God of your understanding. And I'm not going to force anything on you. And you can't, I'm wearing a different hat. Um, so that's definitely been a challenge. And I, I thank God for that experience because it, it gets to show me and the fellowship, like, Hey, we are we aren't different people, but you're, you're part of something different here. Right. And if you're going to apply the traditions, you gotta, you gotta try and live by them. And they're there for a reason. Cause we learn from our past. Right. Yeah. Shank, what do we got next? Can I bring my family to an AA meeting? Can I bring my family to an AA meeting? You can bring them to an open AA meeting. Yes, you can. That's pretty simple. What advice do you give members? Now, this is a like a wide a open loaded, question. Oh, loaded. What did the leaflet What did the leaflet say about this one? Well, the leaflet says, in our experience, the people who recover in AA are those who a stay away from the first drink, b attend AA meetings regularly, c seek out the people in AA who have successfully stayed sober for some time. D, try to put into practice the AA program of recovery. And E, obtain and study the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, it actually mentions the book. Whoa. How about that? What? I mean, if there's any advice per se, I think it's always me sharing my drinking history and what landed me in Alcoholics Anonymous with someone new. You know, that's the only advice is like, here's what I did. Here's what happened to me. Here's how I arrived to AA. And here's what I do. If you're interested in that, let's get it going. If you need some more time, great. That's working with others one-on-one right there. Isn't it? It's right in yeah. there. That summarizes the chapter. White Chip, what do you, you got any thoughts on that one? Yeah. I mean, I look back at what my sponsor told me the first day we sat down and and it's a lot of those six things or five things I can't count. Um, and, you know, I think they, they did a pretty good job there. In, in my humble opinion, um, he, he told me, you know, don't drink and, and try and find other people you can talk to to stay away from that and go to other meetings regularly and grow your network and then seek out other people you can help. You may not be able to sponsor someone day zero, but sh- share your experience with them and why you decided to stay here and want to be a part of this and, I think they save the best for last of uh, attain and study. Like it doesn't just say buy it and put it on a shelf, right? But take it, carry it with you to a meeting. It says attain and study the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and I, I think that's the greatest gift you can give any newcomer uh, in my, in my, for what my opinion is worth. Okay. Be bought. Oh, I think y'all covered it. Wow. Wow. Huh? How about that? 
Wow. Yep. I would, And the last uh, one in the leaflet is how can I contact AA? Well, I can tell you guys from, from here, our district uh, hasn't really recovered since COVID, so we don't have a hotline. Uh, our website is out of date. Um, then go to alcoholthomas.org and find a number for your area, and they'll try and put you in contact with somebody. But in this, I don't think this goes against your, the tradition, but I tell everybody I come into contact with, I put up a flyer about my home group, whatever organization I can, and my number's on there because my the way I observe the eleventh tradition is kind of what Doctor Bob talks about, Doctor Bob and the good old timers of the only way I can break the eleventh tradition is if I break it at the level of press, radio, and films, which you guys aren't doing here. I'll, I'll support that, um, and then I'm so anonymous that another alcoholic can't find me or find the fellowship. So I look back to the, the our beginnings of whenever the first hundred that we talked about earlier. We're making a pamphlet or leaflet, whichever you want to call it. And uh, they would put their names, their wife's names, their address and phone number in there. And they would distro that out to, to whoever wanted to be part of the fellowship or was interested in the fellowship. Um, so that's kind of why I, I take that stance on it. And, you know, you go anywhere else in the country, you can you can pretty much use the meeting guide app and and find somebody you need to get in the But it sounds like you're saying that even when your district website sucks or, you know, it hasn't recovered since the pandemic, that you individually are still doing your part as an AA member to make sure that someone can find AA should they need to. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Probably not real hard to find AA nowadays. No. If you're trying, if you're trying, so even if, if you're, you're not trying, well, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah even if I you're mean not the trying. SE, the Google SEO will direct you to AA, honey. You will get there. Yep, it sure will. Or it'll 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 send you to one of those sober houses or treatment centers that'll kind of yeah, look yeah. like AA. So if you're out there listening, be careful. Not everything that says AA is AA. <laughs> Shank, let's move on to meeting shrapnel. All right. Buck up, white, white chip. chip Chad. Boy. Meeting shrapnel number one. Take what you want and leave the rest. <laughs> I, I mean, scrap it. Straight off the bat, but <laughs> I guess it. I mean, I guess it has some application. I, I don't. Y'all let you guys quote the book on it if it comes up at all. I know Doctor Bob and the Good Old Timers is kind of reference there, but not really, right? And it. I think the concept behind it is, you know, leave the rest, but keep coming back, and it's just another meeting trap. No, it's like no, like just take what the book says and apply that to your life. Period. That's my two cents. I've been to some. I've been to some meetings recently where I, yeah, I, I wanted to leave all of it, um, but the, <laughs> didn't want to take anything. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't like the the saying. I I know that it probably is meant to 
tell people to, hey, do what works for you and, you know, kind of don't worry about anybody else or I, I, I guess, I don't know, but I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, we're not, it's not a cafeteria. Shank? If this is in terms to like the AA program, the 12 steps, then that wouldn't work for me. If it's in terms of everything else that can happen in Alcoholics Anonymous, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Leave that. But even with all that said, um, scrap it. <laughs> White Chip already scrapped it, didn't you? You went in. You, you went in with a scrap. Yeah. Okay. I, I read ahead. All right. So we're scrapping it, Shank. Yes, out of here. All right, what's next? Number two, if you are an alcoholic, your first thought is always wrong. No. I don't see how that's helpful to anybody. Um, my thoughts on that are, if I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm an alcoholic, whether I'm recovered or not, I always will be. I don't have a disease. I have a spiritual malady. And if I'm always in constant relationship with my higher power, I'm going to start to think on his will. Um, and that's going well, to be my first reaction. Was it, was that your first thought? Nowadays, that's, that seems to be it. Yeah. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, right? <laughs> yep. it, it's just not helpful. You're... Oh, Shank, what do you think about this? It's actually not true. Yeah. I mean, I have... My character defects are definitely there. They show, um, but I've been at this for a little while. My sponsor knows me very well. My friends in Alcoholics Anonymous know me very well, and some of them will call me on my BS. So I've learned to flex that muscle. I don't say the first thing that comes to my mind all the time, but that doesn't mean that the first thought is wrong. I have many correct thoughts. Yeah, this fly. I mean, if if this is true, this flies in the face of the steps and what the the book says and the promises, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the idea that and it, and it kind of ties into that that idea of you know we're always sick and you know our our disease is out to get us and it's it's again it's like this fear based way of looking at things. The the literature and the steps say that we are awakened spiritually. Hey, it may be new... true for some people. Yeah. 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 We get a new mind, right? Is what the book mm-hmm. says, but you're right. It might be true for some people that haven't had uh, a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. This one came in. This was a, a submission from one of the listeners. I've, I've actually heard it in meetings before. Um, so we appreciate you sending that one in. I think, uh, Chad, what are you going to do with it? Uh, scrap that bad boy. I think I'm going to scrap it. Shank? It's out of here. All right. All right, we're on a roll. What's next? All right, now to bring this full circle from the top of the episode, meeting shrapnel number three, I come here to get my medicine. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have never heard that one. I uh, wish it could have been there. What Jerry was talking about last night, but I, I don't know. I guess that goes in line with, well, if I got this disease and I need this medicine, um, and they're applying that the, the meeting is their medicine, I guess that's what they're saying there. Or yeah. people should, I don't know. It's not only is it confusing and not helpful, it's also just false in my my opinion and it i mean there's just no way i can relate that to anything going on in in the in the book or really in the fellowship like and it seems very selfish or like i come here to get my medicine like if i'm doing anything it should be from a heart of humility and if i'm showing up and i'm sharing i'm trying to be of service to the newcomer and it just it, to me it sounds like they're there and they're the most important guy in the room maybe maybe a newcomer said it and you know we always say that they're the most important guy in the room. So that's the only application I could see that working, but I'm not a fan. Yeah. So I, I've heard this before many times or some variation of it. This one also came from a listener and the full context behind it was he was at a meeting and he said that a guy was there and the guy spoke up and said, I've been sober for 29 years and I still go to six meetings a week. I come here to get my medicine. <laughs> so clubhouse Joe, he, he was, that's right. It's clubhouse Joe's brother. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, so that, it, that was the context that it was said in was like, I come to meetings to get my medicine. That was kind of his solution. And I don't know. I if he's going to six meetings a week, he ain't got much of a life. And uh, <laughs> the idea that the meeting is going to keep him sober is, to me, is I don't know. It's it's not a good strategy for for recovery. I mean, well, if meeting makers make it, then it might work. Yeah. yeah, we don't go to meetings to take. I mean, certainly we get what we need, but we. And at some point, we should be going to try to to help people and to, to give back. So, Shank, what do you think on this one? You getting your medicine? Did you get your medicine uh, Thursday night at the group? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I just don't care about this one. I I'd like to say I don't understand it. I do understand completely what people mean when they say this. I don't, the meetings don't do that for me. Yeah. And once again, like I genuinely enjoy my home group. I spend several hours there per week, but, um, to say that that is what has cured my alcoholism is incorrect. Maybe we should start writing prescriptions for people at the meetings so they get their medicine. I had a sponsor that wrote prescriptions for me of how I should live my life and what I should do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Bebop. Uh, <laughs> new name. Start writing prescriptions every day. Dr. Thursday, Tuesday. Dr. Bible Belt Old Timer. Come in here and let me give you a script. Let me get you a script going. <laughs> write you a script, girl. I say scrap it. Absolutely. All right, it's out of here. She gone. It's out of here. They're all out of here. Well, three for three.
out. White Chip Chad, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, appreciate you sharing your experience with us. And um, if you're new out there, there is a pamphlet called A Newcomer Ask. There's also lots of other good literature, and there's a, there's a book that we suggest called Alcoholics Anonymous. It can not only help you stay sober, but it can help you to be free. Freedom! Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode.